Chapter 12 According to the card, the restaurant was an old-school Italian pizzeria. Arturo's had been open for 40 years, which seemed to be cause for celebration in this city, the equivalent of somewhere in London having a history traceable back to the time of King James. As they walked close together through the warm, late summer evening, a shyness had descended between them. However, the silence gave them the opportunity to look some more at the vast city, allowing them to be really present in the chaos of the global smells and cultures. The overpowering aromas coming from the food carts positioned on every corner were complemented by people who talked in more dialects than Steve could count. They could have been anywhere in the world. A man was ordering falafel in Arabic next to a burrito van with signs all written in Spanish. Steve broke the silence. So, tell me about you then, Isla. What's to tell? I can guarantee you'd have no interest in hearing about growing up in Hamel Hampstead. What is it you want to know? Oh, and I counted to a hundred while I waited for you to dump your bags. You're not as quick as you think. Speed isn't everything, Isla, but nevertheless, I'm sorry for the misjudgment and resulting delay. The shyness had not lasted long. But you're right. I've no interest in Hertfordshire except when I go there for work. Do you know the pavilion in Hemel? I put on a gig there recently. Have you been? Decorum Pavilion? Of course I've been. What else do you think there is to do in Hemel aside from taking the train to get somewhere better? Isla explained why she'd always wanted to get out as soon as the chance presented itself, not admitting that she still lived there. They chatted about her and the few real-life experiences she'd had, and before too long, the lively street suddenly exploded into the West Village and Bleecker Street, the epicentre of Greenwich Village. This was the New York City had been itching to feel, home to the infamous venues which formed many of his most evocative second-hand memories. The days of Joni Mitchell rocking up and doing an unannounced set were long gone, but the spirit of those days smothered these streets, even if the venues were now increasingly marketed towards the tourist trade. Live music was still everywhere, and as they passed the infamous Kenny's castaways, Isla interrupted the silence. She was aware that Steve had drifted into the immersive atmosphere of the street. Steve, I don't mind if you prefer to do something else on your own. I know you're here for music, and I can go off and do something myself if you'd rather. There was a tinge of regret in Isla's voice, but her offer was genuine. She's surely joking, as if I want to give up on this already. Well, that's a kind offer, Isla, but really there's no need at all. It's good to be out with someone who's neither trying to sell me a vision nor get me to do something for them. I've all week to talk shop, and the week after that. We've got tonight, and I'm far hungrier than any need I have for music fix. The food on your plane was crap. So let's stick with plan A and eat the Italian. Come on then, if you're hungry. They were walking close enough that their hands could touch. They were only a few yards from the restaurant and Steve wished that it was further, enjoying the walk and sporadic chatter the two of them were sharing. Going out for a posh dinner wasn't something Steve usually did. At his age, most of his friends saw eating as cheating, choosing to save their money for booze. Sit-down meals were something he did for work. This chatting was nice, though, quite a different evening to the one he'd been expecting. There was a long queue outside the restaurant and if pressed, he would have said that he didn't want to join it. They'd carry on walking and maybe he'd get to hold her hand, and maybe more. But they didn't discuss not stopping, and under the watchful gaze of the basilica opposite, they instinctively joined the back of the queue. Steve filled in some of the gaps in his story while Isla delved into her fear of being stuck working for the Haven Holiday Company in Hemel Hempstead. She almost spat out the alliteration, Haven Holiday Hemel Hempstead, and Steve wasn't sure if there was humour intended, but Isla seemed happy being able to offload her angst into the evening air. The sound of a piano drifted through the door, the evocative tinkering of Little Italy now accompanied each of the conversations throughout the queue. Despite their fears, they were soon seated inside, and the immediate request for their drinks order suggested the restaurant would be conveniently oblivious to Isla's age. The walk and queuing had been worth it. Steve didn't want to drink alone, and even Isla was experienced enough to know that a proper Italian meal needed proper Italian wine. 
It's a good job I don't have an early start tomorrow, Steve murmured across the table as he polished off the first of many glasses at the house Chianti. Didn't you say something about a breakfast meeting? That wasn't all bollocks. I was just laying my exit strategy for your mate. I've got a breakfast meeting, but it's not until later. You know he's no mate of mine. As it happens, Steve, I don't have to be anywhere for most of the next 36 hours. She felt like a kid who'd been bunked off school without any idea what she was going to do with the time. The initial couple of drinks provoked a childlike silliness. They released their inner kid as they told each other things about their youths, like watching Why Don't You in the summer holidays. Surely, Isla interjected, if you were to switch off the TV and go do something less boring instead, there would be no one watching the show. Steve's humour was more adolescent, mimicking his mother's reaction to the dirty sheets that every teenage boy is accountable for. The impression was good enough that Isla spat out a mouthful of red wine across the table. She thought she'd won the battle to keep it in, but looking down at the table, she clearly failed, spraying the pressed white tablecloth with what used to be an appealing house wine. She was mortified. She'd blown red wine through her nose in front of somebody fanciable who she'd only just met. I'm so sorry, Steve. It's so embarrassing. I'm not normally this classless. Don't worry, Isla. That's the funniest thing I've seen in ages. Can you do it again? This was going very nicely indeed.